Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate Evan out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, The Lakers Fast Break, Vampires and Vitae, PopCultureCosmos.com, Humanica Media, and all the things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Plus, we have the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you can support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. By popular demand, we've got another DM roundtable on tap for you as we hear some of the thoughts from our crew on how they set up some great games for their players as they go ahead and play another awesome game with the Demolition Force. Are we back, everyone? Yeah. Hi. All right. Hello. 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 <laughs> Well, I figured we'd go ahead and do something a little bit different. We're in the middle of one of our most famous games that's out there. Probably the one that's <laughs> been most watched over the course of the past year. is the Demolition Force, headed up by DM hey. Roger. But I've got a great mix of people that's out here, so I want to go ahead and give them a shout-out. We've got a whole group here, including Mitch, who's here today. All right. Great to have <laughs> you here. Of course, we got Melinda and Rob, that tag team, that wonderful couple that they are. You know Melinda from our Friday shows at PC Multiverse and her beloved husband, Rob, who she hopefully doesn't torture too much <laughs> when Rob's here. That's the other way around. Okay, all right. Well, I, yeah, I just tried to make it as best. He doesn't have to torture her. She does it to herself. Yes, yes. We've just got... watch watch our game from yesterday. You'll see how she tortures herself. Well, we've also got a great crew, including Victor and David. They're both here. It's kind of, kind of hey. thing. Hey, two of our best party members. We're probably our smarter party members, not me, that's for sure. <laughs> but they also host their own games. In fact, David just did his, I think, first one the other day. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit ago, yeah. Okay, there you go, recently. So he's now an official DM. We've also got Michael that's here from Reckless Moves. Recklessmoves.com. Go ahead and check it out every Monday night at 8. So go ahead and do that. But we've got a great crew here. So as Roger is playing the game, I just thought I'd throw some questions out there. I will go ahead and throw this out there first. So Roger, go ahead and, and get that campaign rolling. We just killed a dragon, everybody. Oh, 180 man. feet away. Yep. We had two members of our party valiantly in the air kill this beast while everybody stood up and just watched them and kind of helped out a little bit from the ground below but it's a great battle indeed but that's one of the things i wanted to ask you as roger you go ahead and start your turn on that so i will go ahead and let you start with the next player and we get that ro rotating and then i'll go ahead and ask some questions on to you guys about what do you do as far as within the confines of your game and then how do you go off script when do you go off script 
and, and just get that kind of mix going of, of creativity within the confines of your own game. Oh, that's an easy one, Gerald. There is no script. There you go. All right. Well, you know how I wasn't going to say that as my answer. I wasn't going to do that. Well, you know how the modules come in. The modules, they D&D, they give you the standard stuff. Oh, yeah. You, you know, the, the, just... Well, that, that's how we started this one. Yeah. With Lost, Lost Mind of Fandelver is, is what Demolition Force started out as. And then you guys wanted to keep going, and then you wanted dragons. Well, here you go. You finally yeah, get a dragon. We you want dragons, kill man. It. We want dragons. Give us <laughs> <Yeah>. dragons. <laughs> and after playing D&D as much as I have, this be my first time to... Yeah. Yep, and you got the killing blow up I its mean, nose. Duke will never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I only make friends with dragons. Oh. How could you? He was a good boy. <laughs> Well, you attacked them yourself, Duke. Well, what's to coming up save next? you? It Roger. is now Apollo's turn. Uh-oh. Apollo, hey, yeah. you're you're standing down here on the ground, and you, uh, all hell broke. Yeah, all hell broke loose. There was a reverse gravity. You you were one of the few who saved on that, and then you see people start falling to the ground. You saved two of them. You saved Smith and uh, and Duke. And then uh, Shamat fires his arrow up and hits a dragon a couple of times. And then Remy's just using his pack blade and demolishing the dragon. And then Mbai throws his claws out and just starts digging in the dragon's nose. And that was the final blow. So the dragon falls from 180 feet in the air. So Imbibe and Remy are also falling, but Imbibe uses his feather fall on both of them so that they don't take damage at the end. The dragon falls 180 feet in the air, and it's flats. I mean, it's it's a uh, uh, here. Let me let me show you. I'll give you. I definitely end with Remy in a horrible pose from the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'll just use this as a reference for the splatter zone. It's about like that. The the, the red you. circle here. <laughs> I just moved the red circle. You. So, yeah. Yeah. So this uh, this this big earth elemental and and Doog and Maddie. Maddie and yeah. What do and I have to roll? Well, no, Shamat is on the other side of that earthen wall. Oh, so some God. of that some of that earth wall is is crumbling a little bit, not enough to actually like make it fall over and and do any damage. But do I but, get uh, any like dragon juice on me? I just want to know. No, no, you are on the other side of a thirty foot high earthen wall. Okay, because you know he's, he has all the luck. I just want to make sure his hair. Got to make sure his hair is nice. Right, I right. You didn't get any your hair. hair with excess growth. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the way it looks though. Remember, Apollo, I was hair, as you're I'm standing hair. there, this, this other earth me. elemental comes up and uh, he he walks over to you and whacks you a couple of times. Uh-huh. And uh. now it's your chance to do something. Well, remember, yeah. he was head to toe in fur and hair. <laughs> That's right. That's right, because he drank Duke's potion. Yes. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. Uh, don't don't look at your uh, backside. I'll tell you this right now, because you're not going to be a, you're not going to be thrilled with how the pulsion goes all the way through you. Oh no! Oh no! That's scary. I mean, he 
he did drink it, didn't he? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, he, yeah. I doused it. Yeah. I, I just and he it. drank the whole vial. <laughs> that was like seven servings. <laughs> yeah. I was thirsty. What can I say? <laughs> okay, we now just have an Ewok as a companion. <laughs> yeah. This guy right here. What did we say? You you had like nine nine inches of hair. You, you had him roll for it. I think it was like two to three yeah. inches well, of hair growth on his head. And he, I think like, he's like a six foot four version of cousin It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's in Duke's colored hair. Yes. So he looked like a golden retriever. It actually would be terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Apollo, what would you like to do? This, this will... elemental is still standing right next to you. I'll whisper at it. Hey, you want to go away? No. Go away. Okay. <laughs> Wisdom. Oh, this guy's not very wise either. Oh, dispassionate whispers. <laughs> ah, he fails. Dissonant whispers. <laughs> cool spell, man. Yeah, I was going to say, drop that in the chat. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody want to read that while I'm applying damage you here? You whisper Nine? a discordant <laughs> melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. The creature does not move into obviously dangerous ground, such as fire or a pit. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage and does not have to move away. A deafened creature automatically succeeds on the save. <laughs> wow. This is my movie voice. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's, you know, there's a, actually a job for you that's going ahead and voicing over trailers in your future. In a world, <laughs> in a world where Roger can walk upstairs without getting winded. Yeah, that that world ended about 15 years ago. <laughs> and, in well, a I'm world done. full of elevators and homes. <laughs> I wasn't done. Okay. Oh, and okay. where Gerald's hair is amazing as his characters. There you go. Wouldn't that be nice. Well, that's that that's real life. Melinda <laughs> it's all great. Runs that would be, a successful that would be campaign that doesn't well, involve so only mine, women. But but <laughs> I, Gerald, I can't argue. Both of us still have amazing heads of hair for our age. Oh, that's uh -huh. true. That's very true. <laughs> most most of my friends, they've already shaved their heads because they were going bald. Genetics, <laughs> genetics. I'll leave at, it at that. At, at my age, yes. My dad was in his seventies and still had a luscious head of gray hair. <laughs> well let me ask you this while you guys are here you know like mm -hmm. i said it just the creativity and roger already talked about it first i want to ask michael if you're here on the line because you have your amazing show recklessmoves.com i wanted to ask you first the process you go by do you go by something that's set already that's that's already made for you or do you just create something in and of itself as far as applying monsters or obstacles for all your players well, this campaign, which is going on two years, it's been, it's both. Um, we, we actually use some modules, but even that I homebrew a lot. I use them as a, a guide. And the very beginning, I set the, the end goal of a campaign, but I don't set how they get there. And so most of mine, or I'd say like 80% of the campaign is all homebrew. So 
there's a world that we live in, like whether it's Greyhawk in this campaign or the next one's somewhere else, which I won't say because I don't want them to know. <laughs> but each of the characters has an individual backstory. And at the very beginning of the session, the very first thing we did is a session zero. And then I interviewed each person separately to say, hey, what's your backstory? What what do you what? Give me the talk about the history and backstory. And then I constructed the narrative to have them all converge in the future. That's like each, each person gets to solve their individual trouble or revenge or whatever their motivation is. They get to solve that. To me, that's the story. It's about the players. So combat is a mechanism, but the story, the individual backstory of the person is how we, how we do it. So the first four episodes were interviews with the players. Like, what's your history? What, how much do you know about when did you start D&D? We have guys that, like I started in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons way back, long time ago. And there are people that have played for two years. There's people who played for seven years. The youngest started playing his first campaign. This is his first campaign. So regardless of the level of the player, it's really interesting to me to have that discussion of what your individual character's backstory is. For an example, Talfef is a, a, an errant prince who kind of shirked responsibility and took off and has now kind of grown up and is prepared to maybe go back and yeah. rule, rule the kingdom, but doesn't want to give up the wandering. Oh, there you go. Um, you know, other characters have different motivation. One turns out to be the, the but the other idea is just creating that type of environment that they can help customize themselves. Is that correct? That's right. Right. So it's their story. I am just the narrator. Uh, giving them the direction <laughs> that is, to do so. That is a beautiful way of doing it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. Okay, wait. Wait, I... I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver obvination. Ob <laughs> Close enough. Obvulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can. You are still naked. Oh God. The music stops, and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh God, this is. The prince of the city looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two, to Pop Culture Cosmos. Roger, who you got next? Who are you trying to kill off now? Uh, Apollo, was that your turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just moves, uh, <laughs> takes 19 points of damage. All right. So uh, that brings us to Big Duke. All right. Boy, Seeing this awesome. big, massive, rocky boy in front of me, and I don't like that. <laughs> Bonus action. I am going to cast Healing Word upon myself, Smith. And I'm going to say, uh, <clears throat> what do you call an orc with two brain cells? <laughs> Smith, what do you call an orc with two brain cells? He's playing. <laughs> ah, pregnant. <laughs> <Healer>. <laughs> oh, 
four orcs. I forgot. Eight. On Smith's turn, he would also have had the uh, healing spirit. I have. Oh, it's not my turn. Well. I, I'm 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 boosting your healing spirit. Oh. To point. Did, uh, Apollo, did Apollo go? Apollo was hurt. Smith looks okay now. Uh, no. Smith is still. Oh right. no! Remember, Smith, we we do Smith. half. Yeah, Smith yeah. only has five hit points at this current. <laughs> he time. has an extra and four. I, I know we had, we had agreed not to not to say the actual numbers, but I wanted to let you guys know how bad he really is at this point. We, we know he healed from zero. We all know the number. Remember, right. he's flat on the ground playing dead like he did a belly flop. All right. Now he's unconscious when he hit the ground. <laughs> action. Lay on hands myself for 20 points. Yay! <laughs> there you go. There you go. Other action. I'm gonna hit this big guy. I am going to toss aside my sword and shield and use the magical maul that I got the last time I was together with Imbibe and Maddie. And I'm awesome. gonna bonk him. Bonk? With this maul. Bonk! Let's see the like, bonk. Just like your little sister. Oh. Unfortunately, you're not going to hit with an 11. Second attack. That one hits. First one just I sort of bounced off. It's just like hitting a rock. Boom. Like the hitting the side of a mountain. Bang. But the second I'm not one, used to this. Swinging the second one, you, you managed to chip some off. I am going to smote. Away. One of my few remaining second level spells because I'm not as powerful as you spellcasters. Oh wait, D4. I'm big. You get to smite on like accidentally. Ooh, and you got the four. I can smite on darn near anything if I put my mind to it. <laughs> it. It's pretty much any time you hit as a paladin, you can yep, smite. I just gotta be able to touch you. Yep. Except range. You can't. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. be melee. It has it comes from me. I have the power! Anyway. I was trying to work that up Tuesday. You can't. It just overpowers. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was trying to give give my character a, a range smite. It's too good. And then, like, when we did the numbers, it just... Yeah. That, that, that's like doing a, a, a healing cantrip. There's it's a, just it's no, no. way too powerful. This is perfect, the DM roundtable. There's actually a wizard subclass by Kobold Press that has a ranged sort of smite ability. It's it's not a D8 though, it's a D4 based. Mm. So like a healing potion. And it worked out. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's you can, sh the, uh, the wizard subclass is all about using a bow and arrow and using your spells to empower your arrow strikes. Hmm. But you're still a wizard. So you're still squishy, but you can do range, well, like healing word is a technically a range healing ability. It is extremely strong. Anyway, that's my turn. Thank you very much. All right. Just for someone to talk about on their next turn, healing word maybe overpowered. Yeah. It is the strongest spell in D and D fifth edition, in my opinion. I would yeah. Say it is because you can bring somebody back out from death, with the exception of Smith Fighter. <laughs> well, no, it, it 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 still works just half. Yep. Remember, we we resolved that. Yeah, so you can still bring. Yeah, unless the 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 spell or the heal specifically says it doesn't work on constructs, it, it'll work on him at half unless he is casting mending on himself, and then it'll do a full heal. Yep. Is the way that we work that out. It's it's a, it's a neat. Concept. 
And that's something I want right. to ask you guys real quick. Uh, you know, when you guys have these con- uh, these conversations, be- you know, as far as between each other in regards to the rules, right now, for the most part, it, over the year plus, it's been mostly friendly and they're able to work with each other. I mean, when you have a group that does that, especially when you're going ahead like today, or I know, Mitch, you do on the weekends, how, how do you feel when, when you have a, a situation where you go ahead and you have a crew that actually can work with you like that? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I I really enjoy it. People working with me when I decide to change a few rules is it's it's amazing when your players are willing to, to do that. For example, like Roger got the full brunt of me homebrewing the heck out of D&D 5th edition when he was just getting back into it because I was using this modified combat system that I thought was fun. And I yeah. only used it up to level level six, where I, after that I switched back to typical D&D combat because at that point you have magic items you have things that speed it up but until then i used the pathfinder two action economy system mm-hmm. yeah in fact we, yeah. we don't agree very often i use rules in my like straight dungeon dragon like like vanilla D. for example match on the ac in my games are half damage uh yes yeah. another rule you all inherited from me yeah mm-hmm. mitch mitch does that too i don't Yep. A hit is a hit regardless. Yep. So uh, th- there's a lot of places that the three of us, at least, don't agree. Uh, uh, Melinda? Oh, yeah. Because I notice in Melinda's games, they get along very well. Oh, yeah. The Hold cackling hens? The cackling hens. <laughs> so we, the only thing that I can think of, and it was my fault as a DM, my whole stuff was a little hard to follow kind of bailed on but now i wish i hadn't so i'm debating over going back and, and rewriting some of that homework stuff but in terms of specific i don't think that there's anything out of the ordinary that hasn't been by else here i think uh like for a new dm somebody brings up something that is clever don't know how to rule on it don't let them pass it but give them an inspiration point to like wow, that was out. Try to do a yes and yeah, yeah right. like so, or yeah. an or, O R, exactly. So instead of shutting down their idea, they're like, well, maybe I don't have the book yet. Like if if you're new to yet, maybe I don't have the book yet. Maybe I don't know all. Actually, uh, Rob, we're forgetting the most powerful tool that a DM has, the rule of cool. You can <laughs> say, look, I I love yeah. your idea. I don't care what the rules say. This one time, I'll make an exception. Yeah. The rules be damned for this exact moment. I just, yeah, that that was really brought to the forefront by Matt Mercer. Oh yeah, the rule that? of cool. <laughs> That's you know that that long hair that long hair hippie guy who he, oh, he the plays guy D&D does, once in a while. He he does the voice for McCree from Overwatch. Yeah, I yeah, him. Yep. That yeah, guy. yeah. He must have gotten really popular because he played McCree from Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. Belinda, you were saying? <laughs> no, that was that was pretty much me. <laughs> Yeah, rule of cool is uh, is huge. One, no, I'm sure people us make a decision one way, and then the very next game we opposite this one, and and that all comes down to, you know, the mood at the table. And uh, I, all for some reason, kill off very beginning. <laughs> I know Melinda. Christine is yeah. one of my players. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, I I use that rule of cool in here off and on too. A, a lot of times it's with imbibe because Rob comes up with some crazy shit and I'm like, yeah, that just sounds really cool. We're going to go with it. Ah. <laughs> I did the same thing for Grandel, but never again. 
He's ne I'm never letting him talk to a child again. The next oh time Rob says to me, is there a child around? Or he says, I'd like to talk to the dragon. Getting, getting rid of him. Oh, hey. goodness. It makes me sound really creepy in the beginning. Second of all, like, no. <laughs> made a child army from the orphans that died in the battle. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. all right, I am going yeah, to advance really the cool. turn order here. I've been done for a while. Maddie, Maddie, however, it is your turn, but unfortunately for you, that haste, that haste dropped, which means that you have just this, this level of exhaustion coming over you for, for a little bit here, and you really can't do anything, but you still have your flying ability, so you didn't fall or anything like that. You're not taking any extra damage. You're just sort of floating in the air. Just, uh, like me, trying to walk up a flight of stairs. I have to stop for a while. <laughs> Got your 81 points of damage. <laughs> yeah. And then that's going to bring us to Smith. You are laying on um, the ground. You have nine hit points currently. Yeah. And two this... levels of exhaustion. Yeah, is this difficult terrain, or it just hurts when you move? Uh, it it just it causes two points of damage for every five feet that you move in there. I healed you just enough to leave the circle. Yeah, yep. it it takes about a month or two for that that stuff to go away after the dragon dies. Because oh, wow. this dragon's this dragon's been here for over a year now almost mm -hmm. two years. So the terrain has had the ability to to alter because of the dragon's presence, which is why the lake changed and stuff like that. You started seeing the crevasses as you guys were walking up to this area and all. In that case, I take my full points of damage then. And get the hell out of dodge. So half your movement to stand up. Then 15 towards, then the 15 towards the big guy. Oh Jesus! You're moving right into it. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's not thing straight. Yeah, this morning he's all dinged up. He just all sees right. an enemy must kill. So are you? Uh, are you attacking? You're dead to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go for it. And I just get my no more arm because I moved. So that's two attacks for my action. You know what? Yeah, die on the ground in front of me. I'll just use a bit of lay on hands. <laughs> Come on, two crits, two crits. Let's go. Yeah, close, close. <laughs> they both hit. All right, and 20 and, points of damage. That's pretty good. And wow. bonus action. That there you go. Yep, that one misses. And flipping the guy off. Yeah, <laughs> so you just... you. Stand up, you move across this thing, hurting your feet a little bit as you're going, and you start whacking at him, chopping off little bits of rocks and dirt from this huge, giant, well, large creature. It's about the same size as Duke. No, no, this one's bigger, he's bigger than, than me. Yeah, he's bigger than Duke. He's, he's, he's huge. T-Rex size. I'm, I'm going basically where the killing tendon would be, just trying to not get over. <laughs> Right in the I'm shin. like, I'm chest high with this guy. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm at his ankle then. I'm just hacking away at the ankle then. <laughs> but moving right along, it's now his turn. Oh, oh boy. And uh, he's looking around. 
and he just sinks down into the ground. <laughs> Attack of opportunity because he's moving away. Go for it. Okay. Shit, I wasn't expecting you to say yes. Both of you. Give it. Where's my thirteen damage? Well, then I have I have them all out. The twenty-seven hit. It do. Does it a might. crit? I mean, does a smite hurt as well? Where's my smite button? Smite him. You can smite, smite him. That's fine. James, eleven. Yours, yours was the uh, thirteen damage. Yep. On a twenty-two yep. hit. Okay. Oh wait, yep. D four. All right. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> that's with that was with my uh, plus one axle. Okay. Anyways, this, right. Same with, same with uh, my first sword. Same thing with the two tens they were with magic. Twenty-seven and eleven is thirty-eight, thirty-nine combined. Together we are powerful. If I could heal you, I would, because you're going to die, boy. Well, he's he's not even bloodied, but he's it gone. Be, it wouldn't be the first time. Oh yeah, dragon. Why is the dragon still in the turn order? Because he, it's falling. Dead. It's still falling out of the, it's falling out of the sky. Wayne the Rock Johnson. Hasselhoff Rop. <laughs> you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and, of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Well, David, let me ask you this, since you are the most recent to the DMs. I mean, when you created your game or when you looked as far as for resources or how to go ahead and develop, what were some of the things that you looked into as far as creating your own style of game? Did you overcome any difficulties in creating your game? Not too many difficulties. I mean, I had a really good group of people. I had Roger right there by my side to help me with whatever I needed. Um, I also had Mitch there as well. They helped me learn the controls. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was heavily inebriated in that game. I was no help. Uga's a friend. (laughs) But I can't say... It's a whole different beast when you're when you're the actual DM versus the player. But I, I can say at least they both got to kill a dragon before we got to kill a dragon. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let All you right. uh, finish up then, Roger. And then I got a question for Victor before okay. we head on out. All right, Lyndon L. You are the still the air elemental here. You were 180 feet in the air. What are you doing? What's left? <laughs> uh, there is this little earth elemental right here. Is the only other enemy you can see on the field. I figure um, it can't run away, but... <laughs> I mean, I'll just dash at an angle 60 feet to get closer to him. I can't reach him, so... Yeah, it's, it's pretty good distance. He's in the air. There's no rocks, and he's made of air currently. <laughs> <Air> <laughs> elementals. That'd be harder to do that way. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, there All it is. Right. Yeah, there you go. Graceland or Remy. Remy currently. Oh, yes. So are we still technically falling at this point? Please tell me we are. Uh, well, you, you were falling but then imbibe used his feather fall when you guys when you when you reach the right height it's a gentle embrace so we're still kind of in the air yeah you're, you're still coming down but gently oh. then i'm gonna i'm gonna cast a couple eldritch blasts into this rock monster since we're up i'm gonna tell imbibe to hold on to me real tight because i don't want us to or i don't want to fall yeah <laughs> right i won't go splat I already was boil. <laughs> no, I'll try it in there. Inside. I just, yeah. I just halfway pictured him five sitting on your shoulders with his kilt just over your head. Oh no! You need a bath. And I would not I want to be the back of your neck right now. Can I, I just go ahead catch and... them as they're falling like a jolly green giant? It's oh, okay. Just... And just lower your hand out. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I am doomed. Yeah. Go ahead, Grayson or Remy. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Not supposed to do those. Things. Oh my goodness. Just because. So, how how many were you supposed to do? I, I, were you? I was only supposed to. Four. I did. I did it with advantage on accident. Okay, so it's not with advantage, right? No, right. they're just so, supposed to be. All right, so one, two, three. they all hit. 16 matches. Heck yeah. So they all hit. So when you roll, just for those who may not be familiar with, with the way we play it, when you roll with advantage, even if you're not supposed to have advantage, then we just go with the first set of numbers. So it's, it's 20, 16, 28, and 16 is how I read those, those oh, hits. Got it, got it. So we got 19, 21, 23 points of damage. He is still up, but just barely. <laughs> he lost a lot of himself. Rocks and dirt just crumbling away. Uh -huh. That ends your turn? That's my bonus action. I'm going to reach up, remove the kilt from the top of my head and put it on my neck. Good idea. That's a little sweaty. And then yep. with the arm that was outstretched, I will tap him on the head since he's so short and go, you finally made yourself worthwhile. Oh. Useful. <laughs> There's a redemption arc for you and vibe. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the useful in the eyes of a god, even though I'm a druid without asking for it. And apparently someone's paying attention to me, but yes, definitely. I'm finally <laughs> worth it. All right. Shamat. Sir. You can see this thing that's over here. It just attacked Apollo. Apollo beat on it, and <laughs> Remy just blasted the hell out of it, but it's still standing there, and it's still eyeing up Apollo because it's right next to him. What would you like to do? I'm going to shoot the heck out of it. Yeah! Yeah! Here we go. Ah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, do you have advantage for any reason? No, I think it's still okay. set on advantage. All right. I so wish I had on advantage because that would have been two crits. Oh, yeah. 
the 24 hits and the 27 hits and it just crumbles to dust yeah uh, at the bottom dust in the wind. All we are is dust. So we're all thinging that as, as soon as so, so would would you like to describe your kill, Shabbat? Well, actually, like I said, you got this. How would you like to do this? As soon as I as soon as I send it out, I put it right through his eye. Just lean back and just the best shot, last shot, boom! Let it fly, and it goes right in there. And like you said, it just as it starts to go to dust, we all come together. Whoever's available, because it's near somebody <laughs> still flying, you know, dropping down as we still speak. Is, or is that that done? Uh, yeah, Remy, Remy, and Imbiber just reaching okay. the the bottom, okay. and uh, Maddie's just sort of hovering, still semi conscious. Okay. okay, well, you know, a start of it, we're gonna go ahead and just start. I just start humming the t- the tune, Kansas Dust in the Wind. <laughs> All we oh. are is, and then everybody else is. Know, starting to come along we start humming at first and then we get into a full chorus as it dissipates like thanos did at the end ah yes <laughs> uh, with the sad face too yes with the sad <laughs> face too like you lost <laughs> yeah, right. mr stark i don't feel so good mr no. stark <laughs> i don't want to go i don't know i feel fine <laughs> <laughs> i feel pretty tall though but now there are no enemies. Hey, and first of all, definitely a clap on the shoulder for Shamat Khan for killing the last person. Oh, yes. But yeah. I also want to look up at the Duke. Is like, Saul, you learned how they get big on your apparent adventure. Uh, How's it up uh, there? <laughs> cloudy. It feels good. It feels cloudy. good. Also, if this is uh, if this is the end, Duke is just gonna walk towards the lake pacific rim style cleaning himself off and just disappear big ass kaiju walking towards the water (laughs) (laughs) just holding concentration the whole time just to make sure that i get to be big walking into the water you finally took a bath (laughs) i have learned how to bathe in college apparently sounds like imbibe needs one too oh man you don't want to know what my feet have. <laughs> I think he's more worried about wiping the, the sweat of off of his neck. <laughs> <Draft day. laughs> That's quite true. <laughs> oh, man. And as you said earlier, we have made a cannon, and Vibe wears his kilt like a true Scotsman. I mean, like, if you want to really imitate the enemy at the very end, I mean, like, that's all I can say. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I I see that. Although that was my fault in the beginning. Yeah, we were playing we, a very PG thirteen game in the beginning, and then I came please. in swearing like an army man. This is true. We were PG until. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very nice guy. I think yes. Was, I think it was dude. I want to say it was. It was, it was, I, it was I'm, me. I, I'm pretty sure it, it was Mitch. It was um, me. It was me. But, uh, Let's not get into it. it. Do do we want to end it here? Or do we want to keep continue a conversation? Do you guys? Well, I just got like one last question, like... if I can, for Victor. I wanted to go ahead hey, and yeah. just hear his thoughts because he's a, he hasn't been able to go ahead in this part of it, and just wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on. I know you've been creating your own games. I mean, uh-huh. from your experience as far as connecting with these players, 
in creating that environment? I mean, what are some of the challenges that you go through? A lot of it really is um, explaining the the background and the lore to players who have not experienced uh, the the game world before, especially uh, the World of Warcraft universe. I've been a player for over 15 years, so I have, and a huge fan, I've consumed much of the content uh, uh, of that universe, so I, I'm going off of my knowledge just based off of that, but some players have never stepped foot into that universe, and really having to spend some time describing certain things, but not too much to where it's taking away from the whole experience. Uh, that, that's definitely a challenge. <laughs> um, uh, just to go a little bit further, though, I created this world and game out of an idea that uh, David actually had. It's just he doesn't have quite the time to dedicate as a DM. So we're actually co-DMs in this campaign that we're in right now. Graceland and Remy? Yes. Yeah, so the, this base idea is all his. I just take a little bit of um, the the lore of the Warcraft universe at the time and incorporated it into this the story that we're playing. Uh, but the biggest challenge I would say is... Um, yeah, just setting up the universe for anyone who's never been within that universe. Because several of our players actually have been in the, uh, well, played certain games in the Warcraft universe to understand what's going on. But some of the other players have not. So that, that's, that's I'd say, my biggest challenge. There you go. That's some great conversation right there. Any thoughts, <laughs> guys, before we go ahead and turn it over to Roger? Yeah, can, can I just expand upon his? Because I, I have something that I'd love to create, but no one's read it. Like, I, I don't play the tabletop of it, but I like I think it's some of the best lore that's out there, the longest lore. And it's such an undertaking that it's hard to say that, like, hey, don't worry about the lore. You can experience this as we go through it. No one believes me. Because all like all like really high nerds go like they hear warhammer 40k unless they're into it or not into it or like or yep and <laughs> like yeah i mean like uh i think our guy Hugh is probably our biggest lore hound yeah i read it <laughs> you did not you did not read i started you started yeah so that was up some of the problems that i come across for some of the like the things that i want to do like uh, people maybe being hesitant and me and Duke have played together very very successfully for over a year and it's still a lot to ask somebody to jump into that even if they trust you as a DM yeah 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 that is that is the truth it's a lot <laughs> but that's why we have the games that uh, they play out the way they do and they uh <laughs> I think Belinda could maybe add into this. Like we just played a Star Wars game, and she was oh, the right. Star Wars nerds, one that you DM. Oh yeah. And I mean, like we're talking about like which style of fighting is he using his lightsaber, and like, well, that wouldn't work, and we were just completely, <laughs> completely nerding out. So, Melinda, how was it? 
like to jump into something that you have a bunch of people that are really dedicated to a theorem. And yes, you know Star Wars, but like, was it hard to jump into that or was it fun? Well, it was fun, but it was fun because I rolled a- Really did. Yeah, I feel like if I, if my that character was, creation that... roles had been garbage, I don't think it would have nearly as but I was one of the more powerful teams. So even without it, I could still go in and do pretty much whatever yeah. I want. I mean, it's the same as the Roger, the Mass Effect game you played. Yeah. You know nothing about Mass Effect. Nope. And Brian, the, the person you played with, knew a ton. And huh. he still is constantly like, wow, that was like the best D&D game I've ever played. <laughs> I, I never I never really got your feedback on it, but I assumed you had a, a great time. Oh, I absolutely enjoyed the Mass Effect. I, I did do a little bit of research before we started playing the first Mass Effect game, just so that I could have some idea of what the hell the universe was. Oh, yeah. Because I've never played any of the video games or anything like that. I've never read any of the lore. Yeah, I knew lore, zero about it. Like, but, Rob, Rob's point, again, it's the lore can be a big thing, a make or break thing for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So I, I just, I, I spent maybe two hours doing, doing some research and reading, yeah. just basically some wikis and stuff. <laughs> and and got a little bit of the information and then just jumped right into it with you guys. And I mean, it it really helps when the people you're playing with understand that you're not familiar with it. Yeah. But they're they're tolerant. They're they're not gatekeepers. <laughs> you've ever made. <laughs> they they want you to join in to into their their nerddom their mm -hmm. fandom uh, whichever term you you prefer but i mean i i try to do that with with this campaign with dnd i mean i'm always saying i will invite more people to come play i have we've we've had all together over 20 players in this game some oh, people wow. only played for one session <laughs> but yeah, all together in this particular game, we've had over 20 players, and some of them are brand new to D&D, never played before. But I, I am, I'm not a gatekeeper. I am, I am somebody, I'm standing there, and I'm like, come on in, I will <laughs> welcome you. I am fully confident that the group that we have here is welcoming people like this, just like mm -hmm. I am. And I tell people, don't worry about making mistakes. If you make a mistake, we'll correct you, but we're not going to do it in a way that, that's going to make you feel like a dummy or something. Because we all still make mistakes. We, we've been playing for years. Collectively, we've probably got close to 100 years of, of <laughs> d d experience. Hold on, Roger. I only have one and a half. Yeah, two. Well, I, <laughs> I, I would say most, mostly me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> he yelled the breath of these. I, I, I've got like 85 of those years. <laughs> but, but we're a very welcoming group. And and that's that's why I feel that that this game and and this group this collective has come together and worked so well. Why we've been able to expand up to six and seven days a week, and then back down again as life changes and everything. Things happen. I'm fortunate that that I'm retired and don't have to worry about an external job, but life still happens. And if you can't make it, then c'est la vie. I mean, that's that's specifically why I made this game the way it is, because if you're a regular viewer, you know that if somebody's not here this week, their character's just not there. Like today with Gerald, 
I didn't have Shamat Khan in the game until he showed up. And then boom, he's there, his turn popped up, and he can play. That's just how I run my game. Some people don't run it like that. They want to make a storyline for why somebody's not here and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine if that's the way you run your game. That's the great thing about D&D is as the dungeon master and and if you run your group as as uh, like a democracy and and i try to do that with with my group here i try to ask everybody if i want to change something hey guys i want to do this is this okay with you that's just how i do it but i mean if you want to do it differently then do it differently that's the great thing about about these rpgs is the rules are are a guideline it, it's not a set in stone. That's that's the great thing about this versus a video game. Video game, somebody else sets the rules. You have to follow the, the programmer's guidelines. In this, we make our own guidelines. We can change the rules on the fly. We can go with the rule of cool. You can do anything you want. That's that's what makes this game so fantastic to me. That's well said, man. Yeah. Well said. And, yeah. and I'll step off of my soapbox now. <laughs> oh, by the way, Wizards of the Coast wants to speak to you after that. Okay, all right. I, I am available to talk to them. I, I just want to go play in Joe Manganello's game in his dungeon. <laughs> no, you want to look at a specific woman. That's why you want to. Get no, no. I actually, I, I, I would walk right past his wife and go down the stairs into his D and D dungeon. Oh my God! Yes, she she is fantastic, and I follow them on Instagram and all that stuff. But oh my God, I want to play in one of his games, and I want to play in that dungeon. If you've never seen it, look up Joe Manganello and his D and D room that he has in his house. It is amazing. Well, on that note, I tell you what, you guys have been just so awesome. Tell us your stories about how you create your vision for how you go ahead and play your games and how you connect with your group of players. So I'm truly fortunate to go ahead and play with each and every one of you. And hopefully you will go ahead and check out all their games on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos, plus Michael's fantastic games that's available at RecklessMoves.com every Monday night at 8. So it's been a great time here. Again, it's the Demolition Force. I think it's just been a great time by everyone here. Cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me with your thoughts. But Roger, I think I will let you send it on out. All right. So next time on Demolition Force, <laughs> you guys, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are zoomed out enough to have noticed what's happened to the lake. Yeah, flowing. But, I uh, wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. It, Is it because I walked in there? Uh, no. Oh, can it be a little? No, more? this, this, this has been happening the entire time you guys were here. The lake has been growing brighter and brighter and brighter, and there's something coming oh, to the surface. Light the lake. So next time you guys get to decide, are you going to go check out the glowing lake, or are you just going to kill the dragon and run away? <laughs> but that will. You know be... what? Here, I'll help you guys decide. I'll cure wounds, the robot. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. You I get five. You cure wounds, the dragon. <laughs> it's fine. It's like no. I heal the dragon. I mean, before it works. I go, 
He is my uh, friend. Okay. All right. I cast him in the entire but, time. Uh, <laughs> that that uh -huh. will conclude this session. Session. Hi. I do an overall count of my campaign, which is the complete campaign. Pop Culture Cosmos has separated into the Lost Mine of Fandelver and then the Demolition Force. Uh -huh. So either way, I don't care. Please keep watching. Check us out. Watch Thank the insanity you. that we go through. They, this is just the first dragon that they've actually met. There have huh. been close to a dozen dragons that these guys have not met yet. And this, just a little meta information, was not one of the big bad dragons that's involved in the whole big bad stuff. This is just a rando dragon that you guys happen to run into. Uh oh. It's because they haven't realized that Duke is a dragon. Don't go. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you think the DM would let uh, me right. do that? <laughs> you don't know. Uh, okay. Not even the But thanks for watching. Anybody who's liked and shared and followed and all that stuff, and keep checking out Pop Culture Cosmos. We love you all, and we appreciate time. you all. Thanks. Cheers. Until next week, Bad we're done. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we head on out, we're going to be talking about right now a little movie that's coming out this weekend in wide release. I know a lot of people are talking about the movies that are wide release this weekend being only that of Lost City which has the star power of Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum and also as well a guest appearance by Brad Pitt and everybody's talking about that. But there is also another movie that's coming out this weekend, the theaters in wide release, and that is Seven Days, which chronicles the story of a couple set out on a prearranged date by their Indian parents who end up having to spend a lot more time with each other because it comes on the heels of the initial announcements of quarantines and lockdown in 2020. And here today to talk about this movie in particular, and if this movie can succeed at the box office, or if another journey was a better idea in store for it, is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here at Pop Culture Cosmos, plus the numerous podcast appearances he makes elsewhere. It is Hamanish Goel, and Hamanish, great to have you back. I know you're always asking to come on the show, and it's greatly appreciated, but good to have you back as well. Your thoughts on Seven Days as it hits theaters? These films would have to be pitched at a very different set of level because of just of how it's perceived, and it, it would need to first gain the, the trust of the audience that it's a topic of area or a genre that they find interest in. Because I think the fact is that a traditional box office type structure for a smaller movie like this in the domestic marketplace of the United States 
it's very hard for it to succeed on that platform right now with people apprehensive to going to see movies and they're only going to go out and see selective number of movies like, for instance, The Batman. I'm still thinking at this point, these kind of movies, they can succeed, but they just got to change the way they think as far as how they distribute it and how they release it. Yeah, most likely they're just going to have to change of how in the way they market it and how they make it and why they release so folks can have a curious opinion and at least pay for that that day one ticket at most. But in terms of a small comment about the, the, the Kashmir files, which is not doing as well. I mean, in India, in, using, India, in certain parts of India, it's doing great numbers. Yeah, the, in India is doing great numbers. And the fun fact is usually, you know, when it comes to theaters, you have evening and late night shows, but people are going in the mornings to watch the show. Because the type of message that this film has, there's a lot of controversial. To talk about that film, it, you would have to be very streamlined because a lot of critics are not in favor of the film. But the what it's displaying are true events of what happened in Kashmir at that time. So Yeah, well, again, th- this is a story in seven days, which I thought would have a better chance of, of succeeding simply because of the fact it's more U.S. production or U.S. influence. It's got a larger release window, but I don't even think that's going to do as well. And again, I think it's the changing yeah. for Squid Game. Squid Game, I'm not sure if, if it would have succeeded in the way that it has if it had been released in a traditional box office Much platform. Yeah. So it succeeded because it got a whole bunch of press. It got a whole lot of people talking about it on social media from its appearance on Netflix. I know that Netflix has embraced a lot of things from the Indian community as far as from Bollywood and whatnot, but I still think that if it can get behind something that it can truly support, I think that the power of Netflix or an Amazon or even a Disney Plus per se, if it does do a worldwide release of something that really can stand behind it, maybe we could have the next Squid Game come from Bollywood Entertainment originates in India. But when it comes to what we're seeing, there are still successes at the box office like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, where it succeeded at number two of the box office, earning over $15 million last weekend. But again, there's, there are points in time where I think that these individual companies that are looking to release their products out there have to realign themselves in what way they think. And I, I think they should go ahead and, and try to reach out to more streaming entities and try to go ahead and market it through that way. But my friend, I mean, seven days, you know, I think that if any movie based in Indian culture that can hit seven days might be just something that people may connect with because it tells a great story, tells a story mm-hmm. about that people can relate to in the age of coronavirus. What are your yeah. thoughts on seven days before we head on out? It's a story that's relatable and we've all lived through, which is COVID and just the, the type of genre it's kind of coming across from like the rom-com kind of an area. And I think with this film, there would be a higher viewership in that streaming platform, like we said, more than a theater-wise. Well, there you go, indeed. Some great thoughts right there from Hamanish Goel. Please go ahead and check him out anytime he's here on the show or one of his numerous podcasts appearances are out there. Hamanish, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to me today on 7 Days. I'm looking forward to getting you back here in the big chair to talk more pop culture right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much to everyone from the Demolition Force and Hamanish Goel for stopping by today. 
Tune in Monday as Josh and I are back talking about Halo, what happened this weekend at the box office, and so much more as we give you also a preview for Moon Knight. That's coming up next week on Disney Plus, and also our thoughts from the world of television as well with Don Fobbs. So looking forward to hearing and seeing what's going on in the world of pop culture and looking forward to talking about it next week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for everybody that stopped by today, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great